Welcome to the Perfume Room. My scent of the day today is an oldie but goodie. I am wearing Bois d'Argent from the Dior Privé collection from Christian Dior. And I'm wearing it because after we recorded today's episode, I was just craving it. It feels completely in line with some of the trends that we discuss later in the episode, which of course you will hear all about. For me, Bois d'Argent is very much a sort of mac and cheese scent. And a mac and cheese scent is a term that I made up for any scent that feels like pure comfort, a perfume that's as easily soothing to smell as mac and cheese is to eat. Bois d'Argent is an iris myrrh scent with other notes of honey, vanilla, juniper berry, some ambery and woody notes. And I find that it exists somewhere in between a sort of like warm, honey, vanilla-y gourmand, and then a sort of irisy skin scent. It's simultaneously neither, and it's both. And you know what? It just feels right. Let's get to this week's episode. Today is a very special timely trend report on New York Fashion Week, which would you believe ended only last Wednesday, so you can imagine how quickly this episode was pulled together. I am so excited to be joined by High Snobiety Beauty Editor, Alexandra Polly, And today we are breaking down all the biggest beauty and fashion trends that we saw and how these runway trends have translated and will translate into future fragrance trends. Barbie core, girl core, apple core. I'm just kidding, I made that one up. But you know what? There is a strawberry core, so I feel like apple core is not far behind. And other popular trends like mermaid hair, bows and ribbons, and berry lips. Today, Alex and I discuss some of the biggest looks from some of the most memorable shows like Sandy Liang, Christian Siriano, Helmut Lang, Kalina Strada, and most importantly, we forecast what all of these trends will smell like. This was a fun one. Here is Alexandra Polly. Alex, welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I've been listening to it since the very beginning, and obviously I've been a longtime follower of yours, so I'm thrilled. (laughs) Um, Well, the love is mutual. I'm such a fan of everything that you have done, first at Hype, now at High Snobiety. I have been following your career, and you are now this, like, are you a beauty director? Is that your title? or Beauty editor is my official role. Okay. So yeah, so tell, we're going to get into some more questions, but before (laughs) we get there, tell everyone what you do. Yes. So I am the beauty editor at High Snobiety, uh, which is a website and also a quarterly print magazine. Um, And I'm actually the publication's first ever uh, beauty editor. We just launched our beauty vertical earlier this year in February, so it's relatively new. Um, but yeah, that's what I do for work. Okay, so before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which is New York Fashion Week and beauty trends and how they translate to fragrance for everybody listening, I have to ask you the basic three questions, which yes. are, what are you currently wearing? What am I currently wearing? Okay, I have it right here. It is just released. It's the Fueja 1833. I don't know if okay. that's how you pronounce it. I think it's how you pronounce Sounds it. Good to me. Yeah. That's how I heard someone on Perfume Room pronounce it. So I was like, okay, it must be right. But it is the it is one of their collaborative scents with Gabriella Hurst. Um, mm. I got sent these samples like months before they released, and I've been like trying my hardest to like not talk about them before they like became public. But this one is New York, and I'm so obsessed with it. It it's doesn't technically, or at least a raspberry note is not advertised in it, 
but I get very heavy raspberry and then like kind of the like smokiness, woodiness, and like herbaliness of Palo Santo. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And there's a little bit of tobacco in there as well. Um, there's just something about it that's like very mysterious, but also like familiar with the raspberry. And also I don't own any scents that I feel like have a raspberry note in it. So it's very mm. unique to me in that way. And now it's public. So it's like out for people yes, to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that that was a collaboration. Okay, very cool. And that would leads into my next question, which is what are your thoughts on signature scents? What is the closest you have to one, if at all? Yeah. So I used to be really into the idea of a signature scent. Like I definitely had one. When I was in high school, I wore the Prada Infusion de Riz. Um Wait, I love that you <laughs> wore that in high school. Oh my God. Did Honestly. I know? I don't know if I knew that, but like, I love that. For you, for us, that's, ugh. Honestly, I was more, I think, attracted to the fact that it was like Prada than, you know, the notes and the composition of the scent. But I will say, like, it is a good scent. I really I still really like it. Um, so that was my signature scent. And then after that, I think I graduated to um the Maison Margiela Untitled, which I still love. Um, I remember I got like a little sample when Margiela collaborated with HM. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so those I would say were my two signature scents, but as I've like gotten more into fragrance in general and I've like kind of expanded my palette, I guess I've really gravitated away, like away from the idea of just like sticking with one thing. Mm -hmm. I honestly, like I kind of wear like a different scent every, every day. And like, that's what I love is being able to like choose a different thing according to like how you're feeling or like kind of like what you want to project for the day. Well, and I'm sure now your collection has grown. So now that you are in this beauty editor role, I feel like you must have a massive collection at this point. I do. I counted the other week and I have 50 full bottles plus like a million samples. And how how are you storing them? Where do they exist right now in your home? Yeah, so I have two shelves, two like acrylic floating shelves in my bedroom where I have some of them. And then I just bought like a sideboard cabinet for the soul. I purpose. saw that. Was that the was that that um what the cartel one? No, I got I got a different sideboard. Um it's like a it's like black wood and like it's it's bigger. Ooh, but I, I okay. literally bought it solely for the purpose of like putting my fragrances on top and then inside. Because I saw your Instagram story where you posted that cartel cart that you ordered yeah. and it has been in my shopping cart for like months and I just like haven't clicked order. And then I was like, if Alex got it, maybe I should, <laughs> I'm like, cause I've been thinking, cause I want a place to like be able to close where yeah. perfumes go because right now they are all out. Interesting. Okay. I might have to link up and get the link of what you just ordered. Okay. So my third question, do you have a fragrance hot take or controversial opinion? Yes, I do. And I know that we've discussed this before, I think over DM. And then we also published a piece at High Snob about it, which I think the writer interviewed you for. Um, But synthetics versus naturals. I know people can get quite heated about it, but I just, I've never smelled an all natural fragrance that I really truly enjoyed. I've never smelled an all-natural fragrance that lived up to the same, like, performance, um, balancedness. I know it's not a word, but, like, I guess balancedness of a fragrance Mm -hmm. that had both naturals and synthetics. Preach. Mic drop. I mean, I (laughs) – 
I agree. I mean, you know, I, I, I was quoted in that article and I have the same opinion that you do, which is that synthetics add so much, add so much to a fragrance. They make it last better. They make it interesting. They make it complex and they keep it from not just being this like linear sort of like hodgepodge of like aromatherapy type notes. So I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. It just, it, it really frustrates me sometimes like the amount of fear mongering that I see online, like on TikTok, on social media, whatever surrounding synthetics. Like just because I remember I once talked to a dermatologist for like a skincare article about, Mm -hmm. um, this like fear around like unnatural ingredients. And he put it really nicely. He said like, Poison ivy is natural. It, it comes from the earth, but you would never like rub it all over your face. Yeah. I think that's a great <laughs> analogy. Or just the same way that like anything in excess is bad for you. Like there's yeah. all these in- – like people have literally died from overdosing on water. I'm with you. Okay. I want to get into how you first got into fragrance before we get into New York Fashion Week. Were, I know you're talking about your Prada scent and the Maison Margiela one. Were you a perfume girly before this career path? So it's interesting because growing up, my mom is like very sensitive to scent. She does not wear perfumes. She doesn't really like, you know, having like a heavily fragranced house. So my like very, very first like perfume related memory is I was in like Doyen Reed or CVS or something. And I saw, do you remember, um, I literally looked this up last night to like confirm the name, the Parfum de Coeur. Juice bear oh, yeah. gummy of course. spray. I I know exactly what you were talking about. Like I can visualize yeah. it. It's like it kind of goes like the silhouette is like a little bit round. Yeah. And it, it has yeah. like the little um spring like cap. I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, um also side note, I realized literally last night that Leighton Meester is the model on the bottle. Really? Yes. Was this like before Gossip Girl? Like this, this was, was like, like her first gig? Yeah, this was like I guess she was a child model. But that blew my mind. But anyway, I remember seeing it at Dwayne Reed and I was like, oh my God, I need it. The bottle's so fun. Like it smells like gummy bears. It smells like candy. And my mom was like, absolutely not. Like this is horrible. So I went back the next day with um, my babysitter and I was like, can you get this for me? And she was like, bless her. She was like the sweetest woman. She was like, yeah, totally. So she (laughs) got it for me and I immediately sprayed it on. I went home. I remember, I distinctly remember I like hid the bottle. I had like a tricycle that had like a a seat that doubled as storage and I hid it. Oh, you're sneaky. I hid it in there. And of course- That's very shady of you. (laughs) As soon as my mom came home, she was like, what's that smell? She was like, she's like, are you wearing the gummy bear, the gummy bear cologne? (laughs) And I was like, I I admit, I like owned up to it and I was like, yeah, I did. And she's like, you can keep it, but you need to pour half of it out and like dilute the other half with water. I feel like that's a good compromise. Yeah. (laughs) So you started at Parfum Decor Gummy Bear. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I think it was called like Gummy Bear Cologne or something. Or like Gummy Gummy, Bear Cologne. It was Gummy Bear with an I. And how did you go from Gummy Bear with an I, Leighton Meester model, to – Infusion Diary. Yeah. So a while back, um, there's this museum in Columbus Square called the Museum of Art and Design. And they had this really fantastic exhibit that was all about perfume. I wish, I actually wish more museums would do that because it was such an innovative exhibit. I remember they had like these little like holes in the wall that would spray out perfumes. You could like lean in and smell them and it would like linger in the air, but without like 
polluting the rest of the room. Um, so I went to that with my parents because my parents are really big museum people and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was like so fascinating. So then after that, my dad got me that book. I think it's just called Perfume by um, Luca Turin and Tanya Sanchez, I believe. Um, and I like read it cover to cover, even though like I didn't own any of the fragrances in it. Um, but that was like kind of my introduction to like, I guess, some of the niche houses like Frederick Mall. Like I learned about Frederick Mall Carnal Flower from that book. Um, from there, I had always like kind of had an interest in perfume in the back of my mind, but I didn't really get into it until the pandemic, like a lot of other people. Um, I was focusing like more on beauty back when I was at Hype Bay. Um, and mm -hmm. I was getting sent like more fragrances. Um, and I realized like, okay, this is something so interesting, particularly to write about just because like in the English, the English language I feel like is very, very limited when it comes to words mm -hmm. that relate to smell and fragrance. So whenever I would get like sent a perfume that I wanted to cover, it was always this like fun challenge of like, okay, how can I describe this in a creative way that's not just like, yeah, there's like orange and vanilla. Ring, ring. Hello, it's me, Emma, and I've got the perfect activity for your next date night, friend hang, forced fun work outing, whatever you're doing, whomever you're doing it with, here's what you're gonna wanna do. A perfume wine pairing. How good does that sound? Grab some different wines, the corresponding perfumes, and smell and taste away. Wait, corresponding perfumes? What? How? I'll tell you how. With this month's wonderful sponsor of Perfume Room, Kelly & Jones, which is an entire fragrance brand specifically meant to be paired and experienced with your favorite wines and spirits. Because they're all inspired by the tasting notes and terroir of said wines and spirits. Smelling these notes as you taste them in wine not only enhances the tasting experience, it helps uncomplicate it. That delicious number two pencil note of a great California cab that your Aunt Pam, who went to Napa once 10 years ago, won't stop talking about, you can finally smell it and understand it. There's the Wine Pairing Collection, which features wine's greatest hits like Chardonnay, Riesling, and Cabernet. Then there's the Blends Collection, Five different layering oils inspired all by the primary aromas of the wine wheel. We're talking citrus. We're talking earth. We're talking oat. We're talking fruit. We're talking floral. And of course, the Mezcal collection inspired by the different terroir in Oaxacan agave fields, which might I just add that their newest release, Mezcal Flora, is a pink pepper rose stunner. What I recommend is ordering sample flights of all of these collections, rallying the crew, and having a night. And all of these scents come in a fun little square rollerball size, specifically so that you can sneak them in your purse or pocket should you choose to do this experience in an actual tasting room instead. Kelly and Jones is generously giving Perfume Room listeners an exclusive limited-time discount code. Now, through October 31st, use the code PERFUMEROOM at checkout on any order placed on kellyandjones.com to get 15% off your purchase. That's PERFUMEROOM at checkout on kellyandjones.com for 15% off any order. Let's talk about New York Fashion Week which is the reason why we're here. <laughs> you have a good breadth of knowledge of like all the all the things that went down. I've been like just like recapping on Instagram and TikTok and reading different articles that have come out. 
And I thought it would be fun with someone who is a leading beauty editor to discuss some of the big trends that we saw in Fashion Week, whether it's fashion or beauty, and how they might be translating to current, past, and future perfume releases. So one of the things we were talking about before this interview, we, we for everyone listening, we brainstormed a few different things that we had been like seeing that we wanted to talk about. So one thing that we both sort of flagged was first this like hyper femme, sort of like Barbie core, hot pink, tool, neon type of thing that we're seeing. So do you have any, is there anything particular around fashion week that popped, that stood out to you in that trend? Yes. Um, fashion is really having this moment where designers just like full on embracing like girlishness, hyper femininity. Like I feel like I saw a TikTok where someone called it like girl core. Girl core. Wow. We can really put core at the end of anything these days. I know. Exactly. Um, yeah, the whole like coquette vibe, coquette core, I think is another term that's been thrown around a lot. Um, but I feel like the queen of that aesthetic right now is really Sandy Liang. Mm-hmm. Um, she puts like little ribbons and bows on everything. Um, she has like rhinestone embellishments, like pastel colors. Um, she makes those like little ballet flats that like literally every cool girl on the Lori side is wearing right now. Mm-hmm. Um So I feel like that was, like, the show where it really was, like, full-on, like, a full-on representation of that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Some other designers that I feel like kind of dabbled in it via, like, the hairstyling in particular were Christian Siriano and also Kalina Strada. They all, like, wove these, like, really long ribbons into models' hair. I think at Christian Siriano, they did this, like, weaving technique where it looked like they were wearing like ribbon corsets like at the back of their heads, which was really cool. But yeah, those are like a few that jumped to mind. And would you differentiate, I mean, I know like a few weeks ago or maybe it was like more than that at this point, like a month or two when the Barbie movie came out and there was that whole Barbie core moment, would you differentiate this sort of like coquette, sort of like Marie Antoinette sort of style from this like hot pink Barbie? Or do you think they're sort of like two in the same? I think there's definitely, there's overlap between them, but I do see them as like two distinct aesthetics. I feel like Barbie core is very much like, yeah, like you said, like the hot pink, like the Valentino pink that Valentino was doing for a couple seasons. Um, And I feel like the coquette girl core thing is a lot softer. It's like a lot more nostalgic. It's less like, um, I want to say it's like less overtly like sexy and like glamorous. Which also goes back to the Barbie theme, like you said, because the whole Barbie movie ended with like that girlhood, like video montage and everybody has been posting their like Billie Eilish, like girlhood montages, yeah. and it's, like the evolution of like ballet core to Barbie core. So let's talk about fragrance. Uh, one of the ways that I'm seeing that manifest in fragrance is just this like unapologetic, like sweet fragrance. I feel like I was, I, this was one of the things that I like wrote in the notes that we were saying back and forth, but I was thinking about this like girl boss era of the early or like of the 2010s that people kind of look down on now. And I feel like that era was defined by like Santal 33, very much leaning into like the air quotes, like unisex genre. And I feel like now we're seeing these like, just like absolute deserty cakey gourmands pop up. People aren't self-conscious about like loving something that just smells like vanilla. And I feel like that's so tied into this hyper femme movement that we're in. Yeah, I, I 110% agree. I feel like it was it was similar to like 
the stigma against like fruity cocktails where it's like, yes. Wow. That is such a good analogy. Especially like straight men are afraid to like get, you know, a fruity drink because it's like less, it's less masculine. And then I think women also feel self-conscious about it where they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to get something that's like more quote unquote, like sophisticated. Um, But I definitely feel like there's been such a reconsideration of like gender and like what traditional like femininity is in fragrance. Like, cause I feel like a lot of those things that have been considered traditionally feminine were seen by like fragrance people as déclassé or unsophisticated. So yeah, I think we used to look down on like really sweet gourmands and even like fruity fragrances, but now like everyone on TikTok is really, really embracing them. And I think brands are also embracing them too. I agree. I mean, there've been like 10 cherry fragrance releases in the past year alone. I feel like there's so many, like I, if you smelled, did you smell the sniff crumb couture release? I haven't smelled it, but I, I heard a lot about it. Okay. Well that one. And then there's a brand called Jusette and they came out with a fragrance a few months ago called like Accidental yes, yes. Creme de Berry. Have you smelled that one? I haven't smelled it. Again, I've seen so much about it on TikTok. Okay. Well, the reason I'm bringing them up side by side is because the two of them, they're different, but they smell very similar to me. Like I would put them in the same category, even though they have very different inspired fragrance pyramids. They smell like strawberry milk. Like they are, if you want to smell like Nesquik strawberry milk, you would go for either of these fragrances. And it's just interesting seeing these like edible and also like strawberry because we were talking about like food trends and makeup and all these things, which we'll get to. But I, yeah, there's just this like wave of people being like, no, I want to smell like, like a dessert. And I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, some other ones that I love that are like super, super fruity are like crushed fruit by Raging to Fleur. Um, I haven't smelled that one. Oh, it's so good. It smells like Haribo gummies. I got to try. Wow. I mean, this feels like a full circle fragrance for you. Even (laughs) when you started in Walgreens. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point. Um, and then that's your I'm, girlhood scent. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know you had Barbara Herman on the podcast a couple mm-hmm. weeks back, or more than a couple weeks, but whatever. Um, Delta Venus Two is right, just like such a juicy on, guava. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Well, that's a good segue because one of the things that we were talking about, which is related to what we're just saying right now, is this whole idea of like these food makeup trends. And so I was saying like strawberry milk and you're talking about Haribo candies. And that's another beauty trend, right, that you brought up of like, why does everything get this like strawberry donut core, whatever? I don't know if you want to speak to that at all, what you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, it feels like every single time like Hailey Bieber does her makeup a certain way, like every single publication gives it like a cute like food food name like obviously she had like the glazed donut skin I think she also had like the glazed donut nails um strawberry girl makeup blueberry milk nails are we just hungry like Like, what is going on (laughs) is everyone just like a little bit malnourished right now there was also cinnamon it was like cinnamon cookie butter hair I saw that too literally just the other day I got a pitch about red wine girl makeup. What is that? Like, just like having like gray teeth? Just like berry, berry colored makeup. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're just like repackaging these like very like mundane makeup, like waste your makeup with like these fun names, which honestly, like, yeah, they're, they're fun. Like it's, it's more fun to say 
like um, glazed brownie lip than just saying like, yeah, I'm wearing like brown lip liner. Right. I feel like I saw one. I don't even remember if this was on High Snobiety or on another website, but someone wrote like, what is up with the blueberry milk nails? And it was like someone, someone posted their, I feel like it was like Dua Lipa posted a manicure and the, the internet was like, this is blueberry milk. And people were like, blueberry milk is not even a thing. Like the girl got a blue manicure. And I, I guess, I don't know now as I'm like analyzing, as I'm saying this, I'm like, why am I hating on this? Cause does, doesn't that go against the whole like point of this like girl core of like being unapologetically feminine? Why do I have a problem with like doing this girly thing of being like, this is like pumpkin spice latte core, but it is something that I'm seeing everywhere. It is. And we, we actually did publish a feature on this. We, we have this really amazing writer, India. Um, and she wrote about this phenomenon and kind of like speculating, like why, why it's so popular, like why it's really striking a chord, uh, with people. And like one thing that, um, one of the experts she interviewed brought up, which was really interesting, was that like the the link between food and beauty has been a- around for like such a long time. Like when you think about like ancient Egypt, like Cleopatra taking like baths in milk and stuff like that. Like there's always been a link between like what we put on our bodies and like what we put in our bodies. Fascinating. That's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I feel like we sort of covered like the fragrance trend that's following that of just these like people wanting to smell like actual food. But I don't know if there's anything else related to that like makeup trend that you want to speak to. Um, I just have like a feeling that strawberry is going to be a big, a big fragrance trend in the next year. And what about strawberry specifically makes you think that? I've seen... Maybe it's just like my algorithm and like confirmation bias, but I feel like I've gotten so many videos on my For You page that are like, do you want to smell like a, like a glass of strawberry milk? I mean the, and the two fragrances that you just mentioned, those also Mm -hmm. you said. Those are strawberry milk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then like more recently, like Malin and Getz, they just released like strawberry candle and also like a perfume oil. I've also seen so many TikToks about this one brand called, um, source celery apothecary and they have a fragrance called like where the wild things grow and it's apparently like a very photorealistic strawberry um and then there's also i've also seen like a lot of buzz around burberry her right well i mean it kind of makes sense because if you think about like these sort of like ballet core coquette core aesthetics I feel like other like the strawberry milk makeup is kind of tied into that. Then there's also this like sort of like strawberry shortcake. Like I feel like a lot of people associate the smell of like doll head and girlhood with these like sort of like strawberry synthetic kind of smells. So that'll be interesting to see. Also, side note, Sandy Liang just released a collection of jewelry that is centered around strawberries. (laughs) Okay, so she needs the strawberry fragrance yeah. to match her jewelry. Okay, do you want to share um, one of the trends that you had um, sent to me? Yes. Um, so one thing that I saw at quite a few shows was this like mermaid hair, like wet hair vibe. So again, I know I keep mentioning Sandy Liang, but I just feel like so many trends right now are really like originating from her brand. But Sandy Liang did like a wet, a wet hair kind of thing where it was like side parts and then like slicked down. Um, Mm. Anna Sui did, I think, like a curlier version, but also like looked kind of damp. And then Jason Wu also did like the wet hair look. 
So I was kind of thinking about it and like initially I was like, okay, so maybe this is like tying into like aquatics. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking more about it and I feel like the mermaid thing, the most obvious like immediate link is like aquatics. But I think you can extend that into like a more general concept of like wetness or dampness. Because I haven't necessarily seen like a lot of brands recently release like buzzy fragrances with like marine accords, or at least I haven't seen them like highlighting it. But I have seen a few fragrances recently that draw from just this idea of like rain or like petrichor Mm -hmm. or just like, yeah, just more like general concept of like dampness. So there's like Dias and Durga, Steamed Rainbow, Le Papier by Diptyque. I think that has like a steamed rice accord in it. It does, yeah. Um, And then a fragrance that I actually covered earlier this year was um, Billie Eilish's second fragrance. Okay, I have not smelled that and I have many thoughts on the first one. Can you tell me about that fragrance? Yeah, I actually haven't smelled it either, but apparently it's inspired by Kissing in the Rain. Interesting. I feel like I read somewhere that it was like a sandalwood scent. And I feel like with these fragrances that kind of draw from this idea of wetness, like for me at least, like that immediately, that like immediately evokes like this idea of like sadness and like tears for me. Mm. And I think that also kind of speaks to this like general shift towards like being much more like open and like vulnerable about our mental health, especially online. And like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you saw uh, the like TikTok trend where people were like doing their makeup to make it look like they've been crying. I haven't seen that trend. I know you mentioned that, but I was like, what is, I mean, I know there's like a crying filter, but I haven't seen the crying makeup. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, so I think it originated with this one creator named, like, Zoe Kin Keeley. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she does these, like, very niche, like, makeup tutorials for, like, specific, like, archetypes of people. And I think she did one that was basically, I think she just called it, like, crying makeup. And so it was, like, the red rimmed eyes. She added, like, a little bit of, like, shine, right, like, on the tops of her cheeks below her eyes to make it look like, you know, the reflection that you get after your tears have been like dried on your face. Um, She added like a little bit of redness to the nose um, and like a blurry lip. And yeah, it just like took off across the platform. And I saw so many girls like doing their crying makeup. Wow. That's so interesting. I mean, Speaking of Regime de Fleur, which you mentioned earlier, they have a fragrance called Tears. Yeah. So it, I, interesting to see if like more emotion-based sense. As you were speaking too and you were talking about like that it might not translate to like beachy or ocean sense, I have seen some interesting releases with sort of like beach or or water adjacent notes. Like I've seen some caviar notes that have popped oh, up in perfume. Um, some seaweed notes that have popped up in perfume. So I feel like I think you're really like this mermaid style might take or maybe just something of like, like, I feel like when I also think of like mermaids, if we're if we're going into mermaid core, like this sort of like iridescent sheen, like we might seem like like pearls, you know, I wonder if there's going to be some launches around things that feel like iridescent or pearlescent or just like a nod to the ocean without being like the actual 
ambergris. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by the idea of like a caviar fragrance. There is, okay, if you want a caviar recommendation, there's a brand called Electimus and they have a fragrance called Black Caviar. It is so good and it's just so interesting. It's like a little bit salty and a little bit, I haven't smelled it in a long time, so I might be like, you know, talking out of my ass here. But if I remember it correctly, it was like, it had like the saltiness of caviar, but it didn't feel like oceany. It felt like almost ashy, but salty. It was really, and it felt like something you might wear in the evening. Like it felt kind of sexy and interesting, not like this weird, strictly conceptual, like I don't actually want to smell like that kind of scent. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, you're talking about low papier. And that reminds me of a trend that I had sort of clocked in the fragrance space, but I think we can see parallels in Fashion Week, which is this sort of hype around release of fragrances that are based on simple, tactile, tangible items that we know and use every day. Like there have been two tennis ball fragrances that have come out in the last several months. We had the Aces Baby from Sniff and Crush Balls from yes. D.S. Durga, Low Papier. I know like this is a few years ago, but like Commodity released their paper scent. There have been like a lot of popcorn scent releases. There have been some Coca-Cola scent releases. And I feel like just like return to like what's simple, like stuff we know in the real world is going to be an interesting fragrance trend to watch. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so interesting because – The New York Times actually just wrote, I think it was New York Times Magazine actually, about like vanilla, the ingredient, but also just like the concept of vanilla being synonymous with like boringness and like how that came to be. Um, But I mean, I know we kind of touched on this with like the hyper feminine, femininity, like girl core stuff. Um, And like gourmands, obviously ton of gourmands have vanilla in it, but I feel like vanilla also kind of extends to what you're talking about with um, kind of getting back to like a simpler, a simpler time. Right. Just because it is something that's so comforting and like everyone knows what vanilla smells like. Right. And if you think about like New York Fashion Week, one of the looks that I saw that I feel like is sort of adjacent to this ballet core is like school core. Like I saw a lot of things that look like school uniforms, gym uniforms, sort of like the like high socks that you'd wear to school yeah, yeah. with like loafers. Like I feel like there's this sort of like less focused on like the coquette vibe and more focused on just like what are our childhood memories that are just sort of like simple and easy to return to. I feel like vanilla is just like such a universally loved scent. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're talking a lot about vanilla. Like where are you going with this and what are you predicting? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just feel like we're going to see a lot more like experimentation with vanilla, like Dia Sandurga just released like deep dark vanilla, which I feel like kind of less plays into like the nostalgia of that particular note and more into like, who are you really? Yeah. Cause it, I don't know if you like saw the campaign imagery for it, but it was like very like very sexual and very like dark. I didn't see it. Latexy. So yeah, I just feel like we might see more, more experimentation with 
with vanilla. Well, did you see that fragrance that came out several months ago um, from Nasamato that was called Sadanaso? Yes. I yeah. feel like everything I just said sounded like not a real sentence that I, I feel like it just sounds like I made up words. But Nasamato released a fragrance called Sadanaso. And I thought of it because you were talking about the inspiration for this ad, but it was literally like the smells of like sweat dripping in some like BDSM dungeon. Yeah. Of, like body fluids, sweat, latex, like salt. I mean, I think there's like a, that's a very opposite type of trend to this sort of like schoolgirl youthful innocence. Have you smelled Sadonaso? I did. And I felt like I was like, oh, this is like not, it was a little like, it didn't feel that risky to me. Like I liked it, but I was like, all right, this is like a powdery musk, like a tinge animalic. But like it, I, I was sort of expecting something along the lines of like secretion magnifique, like something yeah. that was like really off-putting to my nose. Not that exact smell, but just something that felt sort of like, holy shit. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I could wear this. Have you smelled it? Yeah. I got very heavy, like pee note, pee pee note. Like it yeah, smelled, I, mean, I it think maybe like- that's a me problem because <laughs> I do love a pee note and that's something you should know about me. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me, it, it really, it smelled like, um, like a sticky bathroom floor at a bar. Okay. Interesting. I need to re-smell it because it was one of the ones I smelled on, um, like I was in a perfume store and I smelled like 40 perfumes that day. And I remember smelling that one and being like, huh, okay, next. But I didn't like wear it on my skin or anything. So maybe I got to go back. It's not not my cup of tea, but I can respect the vision. But your cup of pee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, wait. So we've talked about this sort of wet hair, siren, mermaid look. We've talked about the ballet core and scents based on like really simple things that bring us like just like pure, easy joy. You had mentioned another trend, embellishment versus minimalism. What are you seeing there and what do you mean by that? We kind of saw a lot of shows like either be like super hyper embellished or just very like clean 90s vibe minimalism so like on one end of the spectrum there's just like over the top decoration at you know brands like area which obviously is already known for like it's bejeweled uh it's bejeweled couture i guess um but like the models there wore these like crystal masks um at clean estrada also um they did this really fun thing do you know the brand starface it's like stickers for like it's like zit stickers right yeah Yeah, they're they're like star shaped and they come in like these fun colors um Mm -hmm. they put them like all over the model's faces which i thought was really fun um sandy liang again can't stop talking about her um had like the rhinestone face gems and then even like put little crystals like on the fingers of the models um and then on the opposite end of the spectrum they're was a ton of like very stark minimalism. So obviously like Helmet Lang, which was like a super highly anticipated show that really like got back to like 90s era Helmet. Um, Mm -hmm. At Kate, like the clothing and also in particular the beauty was super like pared back. It was like all about the skin, no, no like eye makeup, no, no lipstick. And then Coach also um, did the same, like, skin focus, but with, like, a berry, like, stained lip, which I feel like is very 90s. Or isn't that the red wine – what would you oh, say it was? Red, the- red wine girl. <laughs> red wine girl makeup? Okay. Yeah. So how do you think that's going to 
sort of translate? Like, do you think there's going to be this sort of like dichotomy? Do you think we're going to see both sort of like maximalist and minimalists? What are you predicting there? Yeah, I mean, obviously like the maximalist, like 80 inspired sense of like had a really big moment this year and the year before, like obviously Baccarat Rouge 540. Um, There's been like a ton of buzz around like oud heavy fragrances and like beast mode fragrances. But I do feel like we're like about to start moving in the opposite direction and like in reaction to that, just like as a natural reaction to that, which obviously happened in fashion, like with the eighties versus the nineties. Um, I don't want to get too deep, but like maybe it has something to do like with the recession as well. Mm, okay. Interesting. Who knows? We don't, we don't want to like smell too loud because it seems like, I don't know, like a little bit excessive too over the top for like this moment where a lot of people are like struggling with like inflation and just, yeah, like cost of living. Do you think that's going to translate into like more of this like skin scent category, like more of these sort of like Glossier U derivatives, or do you think it's going to manifest in some other new way? Yeah, I feel like it's going to manifest as just like more intimate, subtle fragrances that maybe don't like fill a room, but are really meant to like be for the wear. Um, I mean, a couple that I've seen that I've smelled recently that I feel like kind of fit that bill are like Fleur Father Figure, which I really, really liked. Um, It's like a fig, fig musk. Um, And then Frederick Mall just released a new fragrance by Jean-Claude Elena, who is like known for his very like subtle, subtle fragrances. I think one of his quotes, I think one of his famous quotes is like, I like fragrances that whisper, not shout. Um, And he just did this fragrance called Heaven Can Wait for Frederick Mall. And it's like iris, very powdery with like a little bit of like spice thrown in. I've heard it's similar to um, Byredo Eyes Closed. I haven't been able to smell it yet, but have you smelled Eyes Closed? Is it similar? Yeah, it's it's similar, but I would say a more like refined take on Eyes Closed. Because with Eyes Closed, I immediately just get like the blast of cinnamon. And it's actually like a little bit overpowering for me personally. But Heaven Can Wait, I feel like um, is a little bit like, like smoother. More yeah. yeah. Interesting. I have to get my nose on that because that sounds like exactly my kind of fragrance. Yeah. I think that's, I think heaven can wait is a really interesting thing to bring up because, and again, this is from someone who hasn't smelled it. So like maybe I'll smell it and have a different opinion, but based on just solely what you're saying, it sounds like a fragrance that's like a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more going on than something like an Ambroxan, you know, like a Juliet has a gun, not a perfume, like out of this, like straight up, like skin scent category, but more into what you were saying of just sort of like a very close range sillage and projection and just feeling like much more second skin while still feeling perfumey. Yeah. If that's yeah, totally. sort of what you're what you're getting at. But I do think we'll see a lot more maximalist fragrances too. Did you smell the new um La Labo City exclusive, the Myrrh 55? I haven't yet. What do you think of it? To me, I think it smells like YSL opium. Like okay. I feel like they just like totally leaned into like 80s maximalism. I also think myrrh specifically, if I had to pick a note to watch, I'm going to say watch the myrrh space. And in fact, yeah. Tom Ford just launched Myrrh Mystere. Yes. But myrrh, myrrh to me feels like that exact, it feels like it hits everything we're talking about because so many people have like 
childhood memories of myrrh because like they burned it in church. But also myrrh can have like a sort of candied. It can give a sort of like cola vibe in fragrances. It can give a little bit of like a candied warmth and pairs really well with vanilla. And it feels sort of like in between and kind of like it hits on so many of the different trends that we've been talking about from like this schoolgirl, this like simpler times. It works in maximalist fragrances. It works in like the sort of minimalist space of like close to the skin, but interesting. That would, that would be my note prediction. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Also, um, the Dries Van Noten Rock the Myrrh. I haven't smelled that. Oh, that one's good. That one was actually, um, I think it was nominated for a Fragrance Foundation Award this then I 2023. Smelled it. I so smelled all past- the Dries Van Noten, so then I must have smelled it, unless it was like a brand new launch. No, no. Oh, then I've smelled it. it. Okay. Yeah, it's part of their initial like collection. Oh. I love those bottles, by the way. Oh, my God. They're so beautiful. <laughs> Do you have any Dries Van Noten fragrances? I have Fleur de Mal. Beautiful. I love Okay. Well, this leads me to my next question, which is we sort of talked about, like, analyzing the space. And we talked a lot about the different trends and how we think it's going to dictate what's going on. Now let's talk about you. What do you want to see if you could set the trend for this upcoming year? Ooh. Regardless of whether you think it will happen or not. Yeah. I mean, definitely more, more juicy, fruity scents. I love, I mean, we mentioned, I mentioned Delta Venus, um, crushed fruits. Um, I just love a fragrance that smells like, like peach juice or like mango juice or something like dripping, dripping down your arm. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with the, with the new Hermes Tutti Twilly, by the way, which I think is like lychee lychee top mm-hmm. note, but I'm mm-hmm. so obsessed with that scent. As soon as I sprayed it, I immediately like, was transported back to like middle school, high school, like tween girlhood, which again, like kind of relates to the whole girl core thing that we were talking about. But it reminds me of that show Pen15. That's like my favorite show ever. Yeah. It reminds me of like having a sleepover where maybe like a couple of like naughty things happen and then like someone starts someone inevitably like starts crying later on oh my god I need to smell this fragrance because I've read about the notes and I think I saw you your review of it but but you know what another trend that we're seeing in the space is sort of like a lot of these like 90s accessories and like the berry lip that was very big in the 90s and sort yeah. of like metallic eye makeup metallic accessories and so thinking about these like big fruity notes those were also super popular from like 1995 to 2006. Like that was a moment for like these fruity florals. I I feel like we could even tie that to like going back to like this like 90s trend. Yeah, totally. I mean, also on like the opposite end of the spectrum, um, I've really been loving Andamula Meester just released her very first fragrance. Um, And I have to say, I was a little bit skeptical when I got the press release because she actually formulated it herself. And like, obviously like love Antemila Meester, but like, she's not like a master perfumer or <laughs> by any means, but I sprayed it and it's so lovely. Like it smells, it smells like cool girl at a party who's like kind of standing in the corner and like maybe like smoking a cigarette and you're like, ooh, like I want to talk to her, but I'm like a little bit nervous. And didn't you say that she 
was one of the few shows that was scented at Fashion Week? No. So this scent, she's showing at um, Paris Fashion Week later this month. So this fragrance kind of like released in like the lead up to that. Okay, got it. But you, but one thing that you did talk about too was that there's this sort of like multi-sensorial thing happening at New York Fashion Week where more designers are starting to bring fragrance into their shows, right? Yeah. So I don't have a ton of examples, but I just feel like it would be such a good opportunity for designers to start doing more. And I have seen it a couple of times. So there's this um, really cool independent brand called Dauphinette and the designer Olivia released her first fragrance at the show. Um, and I think it was like given out as like a gift to all the attendees. And I feel like a fragrance is just such a good way to like give people kind of like a little keepsake from this like really special experience. Um, but I, I also feel like it can be a really good way to like set the vibe of like a show by like scenting the space or even like scenting the clothes. Mm -hmm. So sort of summing up everything we just talked about, because we threw out a lot of different trends. We threw out a lot of different notes. And I think that speaks to that there's also thousands of releases every year, and there's not going to be just like one trend that dominates the whole scene. Also, I just have to say this as we're talking, because it just occurred to me, going back to this like wetness trend that you were talking about, I've been talking a lot about like undergrowth and mushrooms. And I feel like we're going to see something to do with like mushrooms and potatoes. I have been saying that for a while, but like Uh starchy things that grow in the ground. It's not directly related to like a siren, but I just, I just thought of that connection as we were speaking. I would love that. Like a truffle, like truffle scents. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. So is there one big takeaway as we've sort of talked about all these sort of overarching trends that is, if you had to sum up everything we've talked about, like what's, what's the biggest takeaway for you? I think the biggest the biggest takeaway for me, and this is something that I've really been interested in, like kind of charting the progression of, is again, like we discussed, like this reconsideration of like what is unsophisticated and what is sophisticated when it comes to scent. So a lot of these things that like maybe we traditionally like perceive as feminine, um, instead of trying to like get away from those things or like trying to avoid those things people like really people really embracing them like that Mm -hmm. that makes me happy as you're saying that I'm thinking about like why do we perceive things that are feminine as unsophisticated too like what is the correlation between like things that are hyper femme being seen as basic yeah that's a that's a beast of a question (laughs) that'll be part two a lot to unpack there (laughs) a lot a lot to unpack there Before we get to the final segment, which you know is Rapid Fire, What's That Smell? I just have to ask, you have all of these fragrances, you have all of these samples, you are smelling stuff every single day, you're smelling new releases. Who are your favorites? Like what is sticking out to you in your collection that you are like, I'm a better person for having smelled this? Yeah. So Maison Crivelli, I feel like I was a little bit late to the game, but I recently went through their discovery set and I'm like so blown away by every single one of their scents. Obviously, you know, love hibiscus mahajad, which I know all the TikTok girls are obsessed with as well. But that makes so much sense based on you saying you want to smell like dripping fruit juice. Like it has such a fruit, juicy, tropical feel to it. So that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And I always get compliments when I wear it. People can smell it as soon as I enter the room and they're like, ooh, what is that? 
Um, Also Papyrus uh, Moleculaire. I love that one too. That one, I know a lot of people like compare it to Santal 33. Um, I definitely get that vibe. But again, like a grown, like, I don't know. There's something about it that's just like very grown up. I agree. So many fun things. Okay, Alex, we have a final segment of the show. I feel like we could talk for like another hour. Maybe we'll have to do a part two and like make this a recurring like trends update thing because this was so much fun. Yeah, I would love that. And so it shall be. You'll come back on the podcast and we can like do this like, you know, once a quarter or something, catch up on what's what's new and what's trending. The final segment of the show is what's that smell? Rapid fire scent association. I'll throw out people, places, things. You tell me the first smells that come to mind. Are you ready to play what's that smell? I'm so ready. What's that smell? Okay, Alex, what is the smell of New York City? Um, I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> um, so, like, my first instinct is to say garbage, which, like, kind of makes me sad. But as an alternative, like, the smell of, like, rain, the smell of the sidewalk after it rains. You know, Dia Sanderga has a whole candle devoted to that smell, their concrete after lightning candle. I actually, I haven't smelled it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, you got to smell it and let me know your thoughts. Okay. So the smell of the sidewalk after rain. I love that. What does that smell like to you? A little bit like musky, like a, like a, like a wool sweater that's like damp, but there's like also a freshness about it too. Yeah. Okay. What is the smell of your uh, childhood home? Um, I don't know how to explain this, but like, um, you know what clothes just purchased from a department store smell like? I guess it, I'm like sort of on the same page, but like a little bit not. Okay. It's like like, the smell of new clothes. (laughs) Smell of new clothes, like, like slightly fragrance. There's something like a little bit like crisp. Like it got a little perfumey, but it's not perfume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm on the ride. That's your, that's what your house smells like? My childhood. Yeah. Does your love of fragrance extend to candles or home scents? Oh, yes. I have one of my favorite candles right next to me, actually. It is a, um, I believe it's a jasmine candle, but it's just, it's so good and it's it's very room filling. But I also love the Loewe, um beet candle. I've heard such good things about that. I love the idea of like making your home smell like a vegetable garden. Like that yeah. is so appealing and fresh to me. The maker has a garden candle why am I forgetting what it's called but I burn that to the bottom like it's just such a like it's such a good work smell too like if you have to get something done to just have that sort of like fresh kind of smell going and then I also have to shout out um Maison de Toe I know you're familiar with their fragrances their scent candles are just as amazing like you don't even have to burn them and they like fill up your room which I love but um I'm obsessed with Rotano which has like a stallion accord that really smell just like smells like a horse. And it's amazing. I need, to, I need to try. Okay. What is the smell of love? Ooh, of love. Um, it's like that slightly dirty like skin smell where like maybe you haven't showered in a day or two. Um, but maybe you're like lying in bed with someone and you can just like smell, just smell their smell. Skin. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is there a fragrance that like comes up for you when you think about that? Um, like, like a note? Well, with my boyfriend specifically, um, he wears Old Spice deodorant. He doesn't really wear any other fragrance. So that is definitely something that I can like always smell on his shirts, on him. Um, 
So yeah, I guess I would have to say Old Spice deodorant. <laughs> Old Spice. And is this something that you guys are like working on? Like, are you like, you got to get a, a great scent or it's like not even a thing? So I have given him some more like quote unquote masculine leaning scents that I've been gifted from brands. Um, so I feel like we're in our discovery era. (laughs) Um, he does really like, um, Tom Ford, Tom Ford gray vetiver. That's a lovely, like sort of classic vetiver smell. So yeah, he likes that one. He also, interestingly, he likes Frederick Mall and cut gem. That is interesting. Which I personally love to wear myself. Okay. Interesting. I love this. Well, we'll have to keep me updated. When we do a part two of this podcast, we can talk about hit updates on your boyfriend's fragrance journey. <laughs> what would you say the smell of high snobiety is? Ooh, that's so good. I should have I should have seen this one coming. Um first thing that comes to mind honestly is smoke. And I don't I don't mean like cigarette smoke by any means, but just like a a smoky, like mysterious vibe. Yeah, like a smoky, mysterious vibe, like the type of person where you like see them and you're like, I feel like they know so much. And if I tried to have a conversation with them, I would like leave feeling stupid. That's most of the people I encounter in the world and how I feel about them. The final question is, what is the smell? Of Alex Polly. Um, smell of Alex Polly. Um, one bath product that I consistently use is the Aveeno, um, like calming body wash, which I think is like lavender and chamomile. I know exactly what it is, and yes, it is lavender and chamomile. It's got like the purple lid. Yes, 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 yes. yes I've been I using that since I was in high school. And I still love it. I've tried other body washes, but that one always, always, I come back to. Tried and true. Avino. I love it. Alex, this has been so much fun chatting with you. I loved recapping Fashion Week and just sort of forecasting trends. For people listening, where can they follow you? You can follow me at, get ready, my Instagram handle is extremely long. (laughs) Polly by Alex. Get your pens and pencils out. Yeah. Yes, it is Polly by Alex for Alexandra Polly on Instagram. <laughs> um, and Polly then, by Alex for Alexandra Polly. Yes. For everybody listening. Say that five times fast. And then you can find my writing at High Snobiety. Amazing. Alex, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. This podcast was edited by Joe Leonardo. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 